Welcome to Biohackers Lab, a place where we talk to smart people who are figuring out how to improve health in interesting ways. Join us to discover how you can biohack your life, your body, starting today. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Biohackers Lab. I'm your host, Gary Cohen, and on today's episode, I have my guest, Sam Feltham. Sam is the director of the Public Health Collaboration, which is a charity dedicated to informing and implementing healthy decisions for better public health. Thanks so much for coming on today, Sam. No worries. Pleasure to be here. So I've been following you for a while, um, even before you were a part of the Public Health Collaboration, um, because... You know, this whole show is about biohacking and being able to do N equals one stuff. Um, mm. And actually, just before we get into your organization, um, you you were pretty famous in the UK because you did a really cool experiment of eating a load of calories and mm. uh, you ended up eat, uh, making national news lines with that. Mm. So, um, yeah, you could you just give a little bit of a story behind that quickly? Yeah, so, uh, gosh, this was probably about 2013, I think I started this. Um, so coming up four years ago now. Um, but I came up with this idea where I'd, I decided that I wanted to experiment, um, to see if uh, a calorie truly was a calorie. Um, <clears throat> and because I'm a naturally uh, lean individual, um, I can't really kind of put on the weight and then lose the weight, um, but I can do the opposite. I can put on the weight. So I decided what I'm going to do, I'm going to eat twice as much as I usually do um, over 21 days on three different diets. So the first one uh, was low carb, high fat, real foods. Um, so it'd be eggs and salmon and avocado for breakfast um, and then like mackerel for um for lunch and then steak for dinner and i'd have copious amounts of nuts in between um and that worked shy of calories um per day that was um and over 21 days um i ended up in a calorie surplus of 47,000 calories um and uh, that's after uh, the uh, digestive effect of fiber, um, the thermogenic effect of protein, and then any exercise that I was doing as well. So it was a net calorie surplus. Um, and that was very interesting because the calorie formula said that I should have put on 6.1 kilos um, with that 47,000 calorie surplus. But I um, I only actually put on 1.3 kilos and I actually uh, lost three centimeters from my waist as well. Um, so that's very, very interesting um, by itself. But um, I wanted to kind of take it to the next level and try a different diet, but the same amount of calories. So um, I gave it a three month washout period to kind of reset my my body and my biochemical balance. Um, and then uh, after that three month period, I tried a low fat, high carb, uh, fake food diet, which was cereal and skim milk for breakfast. Um, then it was like a skinless chicken whole grain sandwich with zero percent fat yogurt and then um, a low fat lasagna and low fat garlic bread <laughs> for dinner with kind of loads of crap snacks in between like um cola and stuff like that um and on that i ended up again forty-seven thousand calorie net surplus so um that's after the thermogenic effect of protein the digestive effect of fiber and um any exercise that i was doing and i kind of worked out that i did exactly the same uh exercise <clears throat> as well as i did from my previous experiment now again the calorie formula says that i should have put on 6.1 kilograms over those 21 days um with that 47,000 calorie surplus uh, but I actually put on 7.1 kilograms. So it's a good six times the amount that I put on the low carb uh, self experiment. Um, 
And actually on that one, I put on nine and a quarter centimeters around my waist. Wow. As well. Um, yeah. And for a guy that's always been naturally lean, uh, that was, uh, that was quite a shock actually. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, working, working that off was, was, was quite tiresome. And, and I actually kind of did a, did a bit of a experiment to be, uh, cause immediately following on from, um, that second overeating experiment, um, I decided that I'd eat uh, calorie maintenance. Um, so my calorie maintenance at that point was about three and a half thousand calories. Um, and I reverted back to my usual low carb, high fat, real foods diet. Um, so again, eggs and smoked salmon for breakfast, uh, mackerel for uh for lunch and then steak for dinner that kind of thing um and eating at three three and a half thousand calories per day i mean that's that's net as well so i was taking into account the fiber and the protein thermogenic effect as well um and even though i was eating at this calorie maintenance of three and a half thousand calories over 21 days i lost 6.1 kilograms so i should have stayed the same mm. um because the idea was that i'd maintain my um my weight gain uh, by just eating at my calorie maintenance and you know if the calorie formula in its purest form um is true then i should have maintained my weight gain but i lost 6.1 kilograms of 7.1 kilograms um and i think i lost about seven and a half centimeters off my waist as well um so obviously not right back to where i started but um a considerable loss considering that i was eating at calorie maintenance um so um after that another three month washout period uh from then i decided to do this third and final um experiment where um i did uh very low fat 16 percent fat in fact um high carb real food and vegan as well so it'd be porridge for breakfast um i think it was rice and beans for for lunch and then like potatoes and water chestnuts or something for uh for dinner um and you know bananas and stuff like that um in between um quite a bit of fruit actually um and over those 21 days um i actually only ended up in a 30 39,000 calorie surplus. Um, so, uh, because of the sheer amount of fiber that I was eating, um, I actually lost a lot of calories. Uh, just to give the listeners and viewers a kind of a perspective on this, the recommended daily amounts um, for fiber in the UK is 30 grams. And I was eating 175 grams. <laughs> wow. So I was, yeah, my wife wasn't happy, put it that way, <laughs> with, with what was going on in the in Your the digestive tract, yeah. Yeah, not so good. Um, <laughs> and uh, I mean, surprisingly, over over those 21 days, I should have put on 5.2 kilograms um, and I put on 4.7 kilograms. So not quite what the California said I should have, um, but still quite a lot more um, than my initial low carb um, experiment, which was a 47,000 calorie surplus. So I actually kind of ended up in a larger net calorie surplus on the low carb diet. Um, than the vegan one but i still put on more weight on the vegan one um and on that one as well i put on seven and three quarter centimeters on my waist as well um so that was absolutely fascinating yeah. um that whole set of experiments and kind of the whole point was to show that the the, the calorie formula isn't is kind of um that it's not exactly true yeah. <laughs> um, and 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 different foods um affect people in different ways um and the only way to do that really is to experiment on yourself um which is what biohackers lab is all about really. exactly yeah um, and n so, equals one yeah precisely we're all n equals one experiment on yourself if you don't believe me um about any of this stuff just Try it yourself. See what happens. Yeah. And that's why I, I wanted people to know that story behind you because 
your fascination with food and experimenting with different food groups and especially there just for people to hear you know you were eating so many calories and just mm-hmm. depending on what kind of food choices you made you could you could minimize um, metabolic disease risk by reducing your waist circumference size and not actually put on a ton of weight but if you if you just ate the wrong kind of foods you had the completely opposite effect so it's mm. it's just a powerful th- thing again to reinforce yeah you, food choices are important and that's where we come into the public health collaboration and what you you are trying to do by promoting the right kind of foods i believe yeah that's right so um it was the end of 2015 um that i decided that i'd that enough was enough um and that it was time to get serious about change um so up to that point i'd been running my fitness boot camp business smash the fat um and that's what i did the self experiments through i had a youtube channel called smash the fat which is still you can still see all of my uh, daily diaries on that um on that youtube channel if you want to check it out um but uh yeah i don't post to that anymore it's kind of like a dead channel like all the content's still there, but it doesn't get updated anymore. But it's you your know, archive. Go, go see, yeah, it's an archive. People can go see it if they want. Um, and uh, yeah, I'd been running this fitness boot camp for for five years. Um, I'd, I'd grown it to ten locations around the country, um, but I was becoming more and more frustrated with the number of people that were coming to us. Um, you know, they were desperate, really. Um, They'd kind of tried everything. Um, and more importantly, they, they kept on trying with the uh, with government advice in terms of going down uh, low fat foods, um, healthy whole grains and stuff like that. Um, yet still they remained overweight um, and even obese in some cases and had developed things like PCOS and type 2 diabetes and things. So, um, as I said, enough was enough at the end of 2015 so i decided that um i was going to close down my business which which i did in march 2016 um in order to organize a uh, a non-profit organization that's dedicated to informing healthy decisions um and as you mentioned in our introduction we uh, became a registered charity as well now thankfully um that took a year <laughs> that was that was uh quite a quite a trial um the the bureaucracy involved in that with the charity commission but we got it in the end um but uh yeah the the, the idea behind it is to um organize and give structure to everybody's individual efforts because there are lots of uh, healthcare professionals out there that are very sympathetic to what a lot of us are saying. Um, and a lot of them uh, are quite outspoken in the media. Um, people like Dr. Asim Alhotra, for instance, um, and trying to bring those people together <clears throat> in order to become one, um, one voice uh, to have a much more powerful message is is what the phc is all about um and again as i said give it structure as well um and uh try and create change and so um your one of your missions as as, well three of your missions that i came across too was that you want to change the dietary guidelines educate gps and then improve public health um Mm -hmm. so i guess this comes on to what we've We've been touching on a little bit, but um, what is the, in the public health collaborations um, view, what is the ideal food pyramid or food structure then versus what the NHS in the UK is currently recommending? Mm. So um, the UK currently recommends uh, the Eat Well Guide. Um, it's a variation of low-fat guidelines from around the world, even though they keep on saying that it's not low-fat guidelines, yet they say no more than 35% fat. Um, uh, and they recommend low-fat products over f- uh, natural full-fat products. Mm. So um, I don't know why they keep on saying, no, they're not low-fat guidelines. <laughs> it's like we're in like a, I don't know, um, alternate dimension or something. Yeah. Um 
But uh, so for us, the PHC, um, our guidelines we released last year in May um, called the Real Food Lifestyle. Um, and those are our healthy eating guidelines. Those are for people that are healthy um, and don't have any metabolic conditions whatsoever. Um, and the idea behind those um, is to just promote real food. Um, so uh, as long as you're getting the minimum requirements of protein, fats, uh, vitamins and minerals, which are all the essential nutrients that the body needs, um, then, you know, eat whatever real food diet works for you as an individual. Um, <clears throat> if that if you're able to maintain personal good health, um, which is defined as um, out of the ranges of metabolic syndrome, then um, and you're doing that by following a, a low fat, high carb vegan diet, then fill your boots. You know, if that's what's working for you, that's fine. Um, but equally, if somebody is able is following a low carb, high fat, real food diet that also enables them to maintain personal good health, that's just as valid um, is the point. Um, however, where it um, starts to get a little bit um messy for for organizations like public health england um the the governmental body in the main governmental body in the uk for public health um is when um when you start to fall into the um, ranges of metabolic syndrome then we recommend a low carbohydrate high fat uh, real food diet um, and that's because the rct evidence shows that that's the most effective way of uh, of trying to treat that um, so uh, if you're healthy follow whatever real food lifestyle works for you but if you start to fall within the ranges of metabolic syndrome um, which kind of encapsulates um, things like type 2 diabetes pre-diabetes and and all things like that um, then um you should pr the first thing that you should at least try is a low carb real food diet um is is the point okay yeah so it that i guess um the key thing we can already gauge from this is that it you are promoting more low carbohydrates and um as one of my previous guests dr gary fetke would say healthy fats or high fats he likes mm. he likes the term healthy yeah. fats um yes. yeah 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 so do i i like it too <laughs> yeah but it's it's yeah. i guess we're coming around to saying that the organization is promoting that carbohydrates isn't an essential nutrient but fats yeah. and protein are so um and if you Actually. get the and if you get the those macronutrients in real foods don't be scared if they have natural fats in them that's yeah. uh, other bodies might say oh keep that to a minimum but actually if it's in its natural form don't worry about it oh yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah. um it's nothing to worry about and um the thing is you know track your blood work as much as you can and if your blood work is good and you're following um a certain lifestyle and that's what's working for you nobody can take that away from you mm -hmm. um and and that's the that's probably the important thing to get across and that it's all in individual um and a person by person basis and this is what the public health collaboration will help so you did touch on it earlier where uh you could have people um who are even going more vegan um mm. i'm still i i would actually love to interview someone who's more uh, low carb high fat vegan yet yeah, so i'm still trying to understand mm. how that sort of diet would look like but you would yeah. you could help the people who make that particular lifestyle choice all the way to mm -hmm. people who want to eat meat too so you, you're happy yep. to to accommodate both groups 100 percent. yeah absolutely um certainly within the realm of um uh eating for healthy people um so it, Again, if you are a healthy individual, as defined by um, out of the ranges of metabolic syndrome, um, and you're, you happen to be eating um, a, a low-fat vegan diet, and you're able to maintain that, then that's fine. Okay. You know, yeah. um, go for it. Um, but then, you know, equally, you can't take that away from somebody that's following a low-carb real food diet and is also able to to have stable 
blood glucose, low triglycerides, high HDL, um, and 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 all and normalized blood pressure, a good waist circumference. Those are all the markers of metabolic syndrome. So if you've got all of those, you're you're more than likely in good shape. Mm-hmm. Um, although I would recommend getting your insulin levels checked as well, just in case. Yeah, I mean, I, when you were talking about your personal biohacking experiment experiment with the the different diets there, you had the best result with the low carb, high fat, uh, real foods at mm. the end of the day where you, your waist went down and you didn't you didn't go much heavier in your weight but it uh, mm-hmm. yeah it would have been fascinating if, if you did have sort of like a an insulin check over that time period too because i'm pretty sure yeah those other diets where you where you went bigger and your waist went bigger you, you would have also seen your your hormones would have changed dramatically so oh uh, yeah i mean i um i measured my um my blood work um on unfortunately at the end of the low carb diet but my blood work was the same at the end of the low carb um low carb experiment as it was at the beginning of the second low fat experiment where my triglycerides are at 0.5 and my blood glucose is is at about uh 4.5 i think it was off the top of my head maybe four um and uh, then at the end of the low fat um, fake food experiment, my triglycerides had quadrupled um, and my blood glucose was at, I think it was about 5.6. Yeah. Um, and so, you must have felt hungry yeah, too. Was, yeah, yeah. That was, that was one of the other things with, with the experiments is that on the low carb one, I really struggled to finish every single day. Um, you know once i'd finished like a thousand calories of steak um for dinner i had a thousand calories of almonds to eat as well um and i was eating until 11 o'clock like i'd start at about you know nine o'clock um maybe 8 30 um and i really struggled it took me a couple of hours to get through all of that um on the low fat fake food one i was just able to just go straight through easy peasy yeah um no problem at all um i was i was able to keep going i probably could have eaten more in all honesty <laughs> on that <laughs> um so another part uh, we mentioned uh, mentioned earlier there with one of your missions is to educate gps um i'd be f- interested to find out how receptive have you found it so far with uh other, trying to get the message out to other gps about the real food situation um, over the past year, um, it's been really good, actually. Um, not to say that there are, there haven't been any roadblocks on the way or um, naysayers on on the way, um, but um, on the whole, they're pretty receptive. If you take them through the evidence um, and give them case studies uh, to look at, um, then they're all ears, really. Um, and we have a, a real food GP map on our website. Um, and that's, that's kind of growing on a weekly basis. Um, and we've actually just launched an ambassador program, um, where we have local representatives throughout the UK. We've actually got about 60, um, that we're going to be training, um, over the next couple of weeks, um, in order to be local representatives who liaise with local healthcare professionals to them to inform them about what the PHC does, how we do it, why we do it, and how we can help them as well. Um, and uh, that's completely free service. I mean, they're all volunteers, but um, they're going to be able to show healthcare professionals in their local area uh, the evidence that's out there that they might not have seen. Um, and uh, case studies uh, that show that this approach is more effective in um, helping patients become healthier, but it's also uh, better um, in for reductions in drugs uh, to help savings for the NHS, essentially, as well. Um, so our, our, our next big thing is this uh, ambassador program um, to help inform GPs um, and 
other healthcare professionals throughout the NHS um, in order to really kind of ramp up a bit of a groundswell um, in which to, to make us too large to ignore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's how it happens. You know, the more people that keep asking GPs, which for anyone who's listening from the States, if they don't understand what GP means, it's a primary care practitioner, your general doctor. So, um, yeah, the more people that keep asking their, their, their house doctor about this, hey, well, I've heard about real foods, this low-carb eating way, it makes me healthier, you know, could you help me with this? Then, yeah, that that helps educate them more and, and make them be, uh, look at it more and take it more seriously. Yeah, absolutely. And the idea as well is to try and get the healthcare professionals talking to each other because we have a lot of GPs um, and uh, practice nurses, uh, practice managers, um, all sorts um, that are part of the phc um ambassador program and our real food gp map um and they kind of and they speak to fellow um healthcare professionals within their local area and it becomes even more powerful when it comes from um a fellow healthcare professional Mm. that's local to them because the you're people inevitably put up barriers whatever the situation one of the other one barriers is always that oh you can do it there but you can't do it here but if you have healthcare professionals in your area doing it then that argument completely falls down straight away and we've got all of these um patient booklets as well um like the real food lifestyle the real food lifestyle for weight loss um uh, we've got a carbohydrate content insert um, for the weight loss um, booklet as well, just so that it's something you can put on your fridge um, so that you can see, OK, these foods are really low in carbohydrate. These kind of a, are a bit higher in carbohydrate. These are starchy carbohydrates that you should avoid if you're trying to lose weight. Um, and we've also got a real food, real budget one as well because that's also another argument that comes up that this lifestyle is far too expensive yada 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 uh, but then when you actually look at the numbers um and I, we we took these prices from just tesco which is for international listeners um is the is the largest supermarket chain throughout the uk so you'll be able to find a tesco pretty much in every town throughout the uk um and you know a pork chop is 64p a portion of carrots is 6p a portion of broccoli is 12p and a portion of onions is 8p um so you know it's really not expensive at all and you know all of that comes to 90p um which is what uh, about uh, one us dollar and 10 cents mm-hmm. or something like that at the moment maybe a dollar 20 yeah um but uh yeah it's and that's a that's a meal in itself you know put some butter on top you might be looking at a few more pence but <laughs> yeah because your re- yeah your resources page is something i wanted to talk about because you as you said you got loads of cool um pdfs that uh, anyone who wants to educate themselves can download and have a further look but i really did enjoy that you took the budget aspect of it because that's something that's hardly ever talked about in any diet that people talk mm. about. They may mm. say, you know, eat this food because it's really good for you or this amount, but then pe- people at the end of the day only have certain amount of money to spend on food. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I loved it that you actually broke it down to say, right, if you want to eat a really good LCHF meal, so low-carb meal, this is what it could cost you right now. And, you know, I, originally I come from South Africa and I, I'm used to cheap protein, cheap meat in Africa sure. and I, yeah. when I came to Europe and I came to the UK it was suddenly like wow prices are so much different here and yeah. I love it that you did break it down in, into that into that cost I think that really mm. helps people and it makes oh, and, it, and it shows it is it's definitely manageable oh it's totally manageable and and anybody that says any different is just putting up barriers for the sake of it um and uh what's, what's really funny actually is that um the fattier cuts of meat are actually cheaper um and quite possibly could be better um so you know minced beef for instance the most expensive is the five percent lean mints um that you know public health england is trying to push on you uh but the 20 percent just unadulterated minced beef um is is a, is a, at least a, a few quid cheaper 
Um, so just go for the 20% minced beef. For yeah, sure. I actually, yeah, <laughs> I, I posted an image uh, today on Twitter because um, I, I did that where I went down and that's one of your recommendations. Go to your local butcher and have a chat because you can mm. have a better chat yeah. with the local butcher versus the supermarket butcher. But in that case here, my, my tip was, um, we're talking in pounds now, I took regular bacon and regular bacon for me in my area is about 14 pounds per kilo. When I went to shoulder right. bacon, it dropped to three pounds mm. per kilo. Boom. There you go. That's a heck of a saving. Yeah. So <laughs> you suddenly get meat, same piece of meat. Yeah. It's just got a, it's got a bit more fat on the shoulder bacon, drops from 14 yeah. pounds down right. to three pounds per kilogram. Dra- dramatic. And Brilliant. so, yeah, that price per meal, Excellent. a massive plates of bacon in the morning cost me nothing. Cost me like a pound. That is amazing. That's great. Um, so yeah. Definitely recommend doing that. Have a chat with your butcher and your green grocer, um, and and see what you can work out. Yeah. Um, so when you touched early on the on the real food GP map, I wanted to actually ask why would someone want to look at a real food GP map? Or and in this case, mm. uh, if I was if I'm thinking now, maybe more particularly for people in the UK, because they mm. will have their own NHS doctor that they're assigned to. Yes. But yeah. Are they so they're able to still go onto your website, go to go to this real food map, and then yeah. have a consultation? Is that the benefit behind this? Um, not necessarily. Um, as a, as you know, in the in the UK, you're uh, you'll be in a catchment area for your local GP practice, so you're kind of allocated um, a GP practice um, in respect to where you live. Um, and uh, for an NHS one, you can always go private and you can go anywhere that you want. But most people in the UK will be going through the NHS. Um, and the the real reason that we have that up there, um, there's a few reasons. Um, one is to show that there are GPs working within the NHS that do this. Um, and their Twitter handles, like some of their Twitter handles are on there. So you can follow them on Twitter if you want find out what they're up to um it also gives people uh the opportunity to show their gp that um there are gps out there that are um recommending this lifestyle and that they can get in touch with those gps so you can recommend your gp to get in touch with one of our gps to discuss it okay. at least um and then you know the, the the last one would be that on the off chance that you know you come across the phc and then you look up your um your local area you see that a gp working within your practice um is a real food gp then you can swap to that gp within that practice um if you see what i mean um but obviously those chances are slim at the moment but as we grow hopefully that'll improve things um and it's kind of to keep a tab on you know how much the word is getting out there um and and just to um just to mention that you know not everybody that's supportive not every supportive gp is on that map um some wish to remain anonymous at this time <laughs> until maybe it gets a little more mainstream so um as thing as this movement does become more and more more and more mainstream then um there'll be increasing numbers of gps on that map as well yeah okay well that that, that helps explain a bit more about that map and it is true what mm. you're saying i mean we've we can think of professor tim noakes uh, Dr. Gary Fecky, those are probably the two b- bigger ones I can think of offhand now where they're just recommending to their patients or, you know, just to people just consider eating real food, which might be mm-hmm. low carbohydrates or, and it's got a healthy amount of fat. And the rest of them, you know, there's people in the medical community who are going after those doctors. So there's going to be doctors who prefer not to stoke that fire on themselves. Mm-hmm. So I can understand yeah. that. Yeah. That's for sure. <laughs> okay. Um, so we've touched on sorry i had some questions here and we've 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 moved through some of them already there um but actually i wanted to ask because you mentioned earlier about um about saving doctor practices uh doctors practices money and i can think of offhand was doc is it's dr unwin isn't it in the mm-hmm. north of england Correct. and he did yeah. a study where he sh- he got his local nhs practice to save something like 30,000 pounds 
Um, mm-hmm. I wasn't sure if that was total per patient, but just by better managing his diabetic patients. Yeah, that's right. Um, so Dr. Unwin, Dr. David Unwin, um, you can follow him on Twitter at, at LowCarbGP. Um, he's really good to follow because he he asks his patients to put their blood work up on Twitter. Um, so, you know, he tweets um, his patients' blood work quite a bit and kind of shows that, right, this is where they started a low-carb diet and their blood glucose goes like that, their triglycerides go like that on the graph. It's great. Anyway, um, so he's been doing this um, for, I think, maybe four or five years now. Um, but it wasn't always that way for him. He he was just a regular GP following regular guidelines um, and following regular guidelines in terms of uh, prescribing drugs <clears throat> and things like that. And then about five years ago, um, one of his patients came um to him um, after six months after her diagnosis of type 2 diabetes and he didn't recognize her he he thought that he'd called the wrong name on the on the call sheet or something um, and uh, he asked my god what's happened <laughs> this is amazing you've lost all this weight you look great um, and your your blood work is is fantastic um, and she said to him, uh, doctor, I'm really sorry. You're going to be very angry at me, but I've been following a low carbohydrate diet. <laughs> and, um, you know, he, he wasn't angry at all. He's the nicest guy in the world, Dr. Unwin. Um, and he inquired more and more about this, found out about it. And then he started to advise it because of the results that it was getting for his patients um and uh, over the period of a few years he's got to the place where year on year he's saving forty thousand pounds on reductions of anti-diabetic drugs for his practice um in comparison to his local area um which is absolutely incredible he's the mm. lowest cost um gp practice for for anti-diabetic drugs um and so the the point is is that if we're able to replicate that which we are doing by the way um across the country in the nine and a half thousand um practices that there are in the uk and then we could be saving um upward of 350 million pounds a year um and that's kind of a bit of a conservative estimate because that's only on the anti-diabetic drugs um that doesn't take into account the complication costs, um, which is the majority of spending on type 2 diabetes, such as amputations um, and surgery for for blindness as well. Um, so, uh, yeah, if we can prevent that from happening, then we're going to be saving on complication costs at the same time. And Dr. Unwin's um, a part of your collaboration, isn't he? Yes. So he's he, he's on our scientific advisory board. Um, and he's he's also the national champion for obesity and, and diabetes for the Royal College of General Practitioners. Um, and he was also in a NHS Innovator of the Year uh, last year as well. So he's getting um, a lot of accolades um, for his work. And um, the more and more that this happens and we're starting to replicate this in other practices across the country. Um, then the more and more that we can replicate this, we can show this to the higher ups in the NHS. And then, you know, the the house of carbs begins to collapse. <laughs> I like yeah. that. The house of carbs. <laughs> yeah. And and that is amazing, just for anyone listening again to think so one doctor just decides he's going to treat his diabetic patients differently. They get better and he saves the social healthcare system a lot of money. And that's just one doctor, and and that's the thing. If if this can be replicated across a country wide, it, it it not only will make people healthier, but the social healthcare system will become healthier monetary wise too. So it's hundred percent. I really hope and you one, guys one manage, manage big, to do that. Thanks, Gary. Um, one of the other big benefits that Dr. Unwin talks about is his um, is his work environment, um, because. Usually, G- GPs are very overworked. 
um, within the NHS. They have very short appointments. Um, and that's because of the um, large number of people that are coming to them with problems. Um, but what he's found is that by switching to this approach, instead of getting complaints about the side effects from drugs, he actually gets compliments about the reductions in drugs now, which is absolutely incredible. And that's one of the biggest benefits um, is that he his work life is a lot less stressful. And in fact, it's actually enjoyable, he finds now, um, because he was considering early retirement before this. Um, but now that, you know, he's very much enjoying his work and he gets to reduce people's drugs all the time and he gets compliments for it, um, then, you know, it's it's a much better work life for yeah. sure. Yeah, I can imagine because um, I think when I looked a few years ago, the average GP consultation time in the UK was something like 12 minutes or 11 minutes and mm. they're rammed. You know, their waiting rooms are full, full, full and it must be so yeah. stressful to think, oh, goodness, you know, I've only got 10 minutes to change someone's life here. What do I do? Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. just here's the prescription and they're getting sicker and it just keeps adding on it. And that's not why someone gets into healthcare to just manage disease that's just getting worse. They'd rather help people get healthy. So it, I can only imagine how fulfilling that must feel for him now. Absolutely. Um, and hopefully that will continue um, to, to grow throughout the UK and then we can be a shining example for the world um, because we're very fortunate in the UK because we have this one singular um, system that we can impact upon um, and use as an international case study um, to show that it's possible to turn things around with the with the correct advice um, and with the right amount of um, of support and enthusiasm as well. Um, we can we can turn the tide on public health. And Diabetes UK has also taken up your type of program, haven't they? Um, uh, yeah, diabetes.co.uk. Ah, um, is there a difference? So, yeah, so <laughs> this, this is where it gets uh, a little funky. So there's Diabetes UK, which is the mainstream um, charity for diabetes in the UK. Um, and their stance is generally... Um, towing the line um in terms of saturated fat is the devil and that you know you should have carbs at every single meal if you have diabetes mm, it's weird <laughs> and uh <clears throat> then there's diabetes.co.uk which is a private organization um and they're a um a free membership site which is basically just a forum um with articles on it I and mean, they have about half a million members <clears throat> um throughout the world and they have a have a 10-week low-carb program um that's shown some incredible results they've had about 150,000 people go through that um and and they've shown some incredible results through that um but uh yeah, so we've got diabetes.co.uk on our side, which is a patient-driven um, website and organisation, really. Um, because what's fascinating about diabetes.co.uk is that they started off just kind of, you know, supporting Diabetes UK guidance and kind of going along that lines because they kind of, they just wanted, they didn't know any better. They were just uh, following national guidelines. And then because it was a forum, um, it was very patient driven and uh, it ended up becoming a low carb driven because the patients were saying, look, why would I want carbohydrates in my diet if I have a disorder of carbohydrate metabolism? Are you crazy? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it developed and developed and developed and they developed a low carb program, which has seen incredible um, results. And uh, yeah, they continue to support us and just, um, to loop back to Diabetes UK, um, in May of this year, um, they did come out with a position statement on low carbohydrate diets that say that they are safe and effective for those living with type 2 diabetes. So they are starting to come around a little bit, um, but, but not all the way. If you, if you read the wording of the, uh, of the position statement, it's still a little bit on the, on the back foot a little bit, but there's movement. It's the main thing, um, which is great. And that just shows your movement with your collaboration is 
changing the the higher ups. It's getting mm. getting them to change their statements on on things, which is fantastic. Um, and I'm, so, is that what you would recommend um, with the public health collaboration with your resources? Is a good general overview. But if if someone who's listening is diagnosed as type two diabetic and wants to change themselves, diabetes.co.uk would be a more intensive resource, would it, to help guide them? Mm. Definitely. Okay. Yeah, um, that's got a lot more specifics in it and has a properly structured program to it. Um, so if you go to diabetes.co.uk forward slash low carb, um, you can sign up to their free low carb program. It's got great videos, PDFs with recipes and stuff like that. Loads of free re- resources, including um, letters uh, addressed to your healthcare professional because you should always work with your healthcare professional on this um but it's about getting them to understand it um and not all healthcare professionals understand this um so they've kind of got letters and things that you can give to them to explain it a little bit but this comes back to now what what you guys can do by assisting Mm. the general practitioners so as yeah. a as a patient, you could say, "Look, I, I'd like to do this. I'm going. I'm doing a structured program, and here's the information. But here's an organisation that is more like GP, doctor to doctor language that could assist you to yeah. understand this and the benefits of it." Exactly. Yeah. Um. And 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 that's really what we're here to facilitate is, um, is healthcare professionals, mm. um, mostly, um, as as well as empowering patients too. Mm-hmm. Okay, and because. We've mentioned now the the, the food uh, program that diabetes.co.uk has, but you've also got your own cookbook that people can purchase on Amazon. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, we released it at Christmas last year called Real Food Rocks, um, and it's uh, kind of public recipes. So we just put the word out uh, on social media and our, our newsletter and, and all that um, and ask for recipes from people, real um, real recipes from real people, um, just kind of, you know, photos from their phone. It's not like this, these cookbooks that you get that kind of you know has the washed wood and (laughs) like everything looks absolutely amazing you know they've obviously got a spray and kind of you know glistened up the the beef burger and stuff like this um it's it's from from real people with real recipes that are practical as well the idea is that they're they're family recipes that are practical they're not kind of with you know saffron and stuff like this you know um it's kind of you know quick and easy (laughs) all about and that just a little kickback to the to the uh to the charity um just just everyone that's bought gives us a couple of quid Mm -hmm. yeah i'll I'll link to all of these things in the show notes for people to to purchase too so yeah i I love it we're sort of we're, we're highlighting that word real so eat real food Real people, real budgets, real photos, you know, real cookbook. Yeah. <laughs> it's practical. Yeah. This is real life. So <laughs> yeah. that's, that's what I like to think. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's what we're going for. And ju- I guess um, just to finish off, you also have a membership area that people can join. So you, they can buy the cookbook to donate to the charity. They can donate directly, but you can also mm. become a member. I just want to find out yes. with your membership, is it only for healthcare professionals or can lay people with an interest in low carb healthy fats also become members yeah absolutely so any anybody and everybody can become a member um and the idea behind that is not only do you kind of get a members pack of you know a t-shirt and a, some wristbands and uh, all of the all of the um professionally printed uh, booklets that we've got um but you're also contributing to the cause um, and we're, we're trying to come up with some extra bits and bobs that, that members get. Um, but it's for, for every pound that we, that we get, um, we're, we're able to send out, you know, 10 extra booklets to GP practices across the country, um, is the idea. Um, because we, we want to make all of this, these services for free. Um, and, uh, the only way that we, do that is from donations from the public um and i'm the only full-time employee 
of this. Um, and in order to keep costs down, I only take a London living wage, which is £9.40 an hour. Um, so we keep kind of, you know, salary costs at a minimum. Wow. Everybody else volunteers their time and everything else is, is for free. So, um, yeah, we try to keep stuff to a minimum and basically all the money uh, that is donated will go towards informing um, healthcare professionals within the NHS um, and patients as well. And then, because I, I, I didn't get a chance this year, but um, you had a fantastic conference, didn't you, uh, earlier mm. this year also that's arranged for members to, to go to with some fantastic speakers. Yeah, um, so it was our second annual conference. It was up in Manchester um, and uh, we had 250 people there um, and it was over two days. It was at the um, business school of the Manchester Metropolitan University um, and it was a absolutely brilliant time. Um, we had people like uh, Dr. Jason Fung, Fung speaking there, uh, Dr. Andreas Enfelt, uh, Dr. David Unwin, um, Dr. Joanne McCormick, uh, Dr. Trudy Deacon, Dr. Tamsin Lewis, um, Dr. Asimo Hotra, uh, Dr. Peter Bruckner um, as well, if, if people are aware of Peter Bruckner. Um, and uh, yeah, lots lots of others as well, um, which is absolutely fantastic. And we will be having a third annual one. Um, so yeah, if you want to follow us on Facebook and Twitter, um, you, you'll be sure to to find out when when that will be. Yeah, I think if anyone's interested in this lifestyle and just wants to learn more about the amazing things that are getting released, it, yeah, I would the presentation slides that I saw from that, it would it would be the place to go. It would be a fantastic conference to attend. It was really good, yeah. um, really good networking. So if you're into networking uh, with people within this community, uh, then definitely head along. Um, but uh, in the in the meantime, because uh, our the videos from the conference are still being edited, um, we do have um, videos from last year's conference as well, the 2016 conference on our YouTube channel. Um, so if you just search public health collaboration on YouTube, then, uh, then that'll come up as well. Um, and somebody that I forgot, Dr. Zoe Harkham, PhD. Mm -hmm. So, um, and she spoke at the 2016 conference as well. So, uh, yeah, her talk's really good. <laughs> okay fantastic well again for anyone listening um on your episode page on the website there's going to be all the links to all, all of these resources that you've mentioned um because there's a lot of them <laughs> <laughs> sorry about that no no sorry for <laughs> i love linking to relevant things and uh and just helping people that's the that's the goal at the end of the day uh, um, at the end of the day and that's why i've got you on yeah. on for this episode is because i want people to become aware of people mm -hmm. like yourself who are doing amazing things for the low carb, healthy fat community and just getting the word out there. Cause, um, I, I personally am an enthusiast of that lifestyle too. And I can see the health benefits from it. So any way I can help you too is I, I feel good for doing that. Much appreciated, Garrett. That's great. Cool. Right. Well, Sam, I just want to say before we end up, thank you so much for coming on today and, um, keep up all the good work. Thanks, man. You too. Bye.